The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Math is the language of science. Without it, we can't do science. Is math something that we humans invented in order to better explain the universe? Or is math something that God designed into the universe? Today's guest, Spike Viserys of Creation Astronomy, is going to share with us how math is a proof for a creator God. Now, if you don't like math, don't worry, we're not solving any math problems. But we will look at the problem between math and evolution. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you Battleship Apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. Whether you're on a sailboat out at sea or about to get a tour of the Great Pyramids, thanks for joining us from the Creation Today studio for the Creation Today show. And thanks to so many handheld devices that we are able to access great creation science. But did you know that this, these devices are made possible by math? That's right. Math actually makes technology happen. Now, I know for some people, like myself, <laughs> mention the word math and the mind cringes at the thought. Memorization, formulas, square roots, yikes! Yeah. Thankfully, though, many people love math. And they found this area of study an endless resource of exploration and revelation, even creativity. They say math is beautiful, explaining the details of the universe in a way that we humans can miraculously understand. Math has the potential to be taking great distances to assist in advancements in technologies of all kinds. You think about how far math has come. We've got binomial theorems, bounded functions, di dilation of graphs, square roots, pi. Yum, I like pi. <laughs> I don't understand. Why do they say pi are square? Pi are round. <laughs> We've got horizontal shrink, horizontal stretch, vectors, uh, intermediate expressions, inverse functions, polar equations. So how long has math been around? <laughs> well, from the beginning of time, Genesis 1, God uses numbers to represent quantities of days. That's true. By Genesis 2, he re he's resting on the seventh day. Think about it. By chapter 7, Noah, building the ark, uses mm -hmm. mathematics from God in order to, to build it. Genesis 6.15, God actually gives dimensions. He says the length of the ark is going to be 300 cubits. The breadth of the ark is 50 cubits, and the height of the ark is 30 cubits. Yeah, and don't forget all of the genealogies in oh, the Bible. Adding up all those? of those years, that is math. Also in Psalm 90.12, it says... So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We are encouraged to count each day that we have on earth and consider that fact that they are limited. So each day we are to live that to the Lord while we can. Count our days. That is yes. so true. In Matthew 10, 29 to 31, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Mm -hmm. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. 
Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. He knows the number of hairs on each of our heads. Can you imagine counting each hair on your head? That would take forever. I mean, in, unless you were bald, you know, but God has enough knowledge to know exactly how many hairs are on every one of our ha heads. And he knows, scratch one for Eric. Yeah, that is incredible. Scripture is full of math. Yeah. As God made the laws of gravity and aerodynamics of flight and the elements making up the periodic table, he also made the physical universe measurable so that we can call it mathematics. That's true. Now, outside of scripture, really there are a few <laughs> theories about kind of where math came from, what exactly math is. It comes down to this. If you want to boil it all down, it comes down to objective or subjective. Mm -hmm. Subjective math um, is what kind of we think and objective is what God thinks of it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Maybe you can explain it better. Objective view means that it exists outside of our opinion or perceptions. Subjective means that it is subject to our opinion or perception. That's what I said. It exists in the mind. Okay, that's true. <laughs> in Christianity, objective realities are very important. God exists outside of our opinion. Now that is true. Yes. He exists whether we want him to or not. He created the heavens and the earth outside of our opinion. He created morality, which exists outside of our opinion. There are things that are objectively true. Our opinion won't change them. Now, if we take an objective view with math, then math represents the true conceptual entities designed into the universe that are outside of us, which we can discover. Whether we discover it or not, it still exists outside, out there. Yeah, that is the cool thing about math, that it's not physical mm. in a material substance. It's conceptual substance existing outside of space and time. Yeah, that reminds me, we actually did a creation minute on the idea of numbers and how they are immaterial, not part of the material world. Check this out. Let's take a minute, a creation minute. Welcome to Creation Minute, I'm Eric Hoven. Does three plus three equal six? Why? I mean, seriously, what is the number three? Can you touch it, taste it, smell it, see it? You're thinking, well, yeah, you can see it, it's right there. No, 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 that is a representation of the number three. If that were the number three, I could do this. There, now there's no such thing as the number three. You see, mathematics applies immaterial ideas to our material world. Now, some people suggest our world is only material, but how would a material world create an immaterial idea? Answer, it didn't. They are derived from the very nature of God himself. To learn more about the God of creation, visit us at creationminute.com. Okay, now this is interesting. Did you know that the objective view makes things too complicated for the evolutionary thinking? See, if math is designed into the universe and can only be used and understood by human minds, well, then it makes us humans look a little bit too special, as if it was designed for us. It looks like a greater mind put it there in the first place. It does. So when evolutionists are forced to ask the question, where did math come from? They have to ignore the objective viewpoint. 
Instead, they have to believe that math is subjective, just an invention of our minds. Well, before we get too deep into this topic, let's talk, let's go talk to the expert. Okay, we've got a break, but Spike Basaris is coming up. He was a engineer in the military space program. Mm -hmm. Incredible guy, very, very fascinating. He's going to show us how math must be objective and how that's actually a scientific apologetic for the God of the Bible and against the evolution worldview. Wow, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Today's guest is no novice to the subject of mathematics, one of my favorite subjects in school. Those of you that loved English, yeah, we don't get along too good, but that's okay. He is an engineer, was an engineer in the space program, which I think is really cool. Spike Pissaris from, uh, excuse me, Pissaris from creationastronomy.com. Hey, Spike, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I gotta ask where you got your last name, Pissaris. It's Greek. It, There's a Greek letter uh, C. That's why you like mathematics so much, all these equations <laughs> right. and things like that. Sure, Tell it's all Greek characters. Tell me what got you into the space industry and into, uh, into your field of engineering, because I think this is fascinating. Well, I was on the military side of things. Um, so I, did, I basically wrote software for military space operations. That was everything from orbital analysis to te telemetry processing and simulation and a lot of other things. It was, it was one of those jobs where every day was different, so it was a lot of fun. So the Earth really is round? <laughs> Last time I checked, yes. Last time you checked. Okay, the, the stuff you're doing shows that. Now, you've done several DVDs. You actually speak on the creation subject. Um, you're part of the, the creation scientists out there that are trying to impact our world, and you even use mathematics to do that, which I find fascinating. Tell us how you do that. Well, uh, it's a broad subject. I, I like to point out, to, okay, first of all, I'm a former atheist myself, so I understand wow. how the other side thinks because I used to be that way. Uh, I would argue to people now that if you want to believe in science, if science works, if science is a valid way of discovering the truth about the universe, then atheism has to be false because there's a set of things about the universe that must be true if physics is to work. And those things are actually inconsistent with atheism, whereas they're perfectly consistent with biblical Christianity. Our atheists out there are going, ah, Spike, don't say these <laughs> right. things. Okay, explain that a little bit so that uh, they can really hopefully listen and not just let it go in one ear and out the other, but really hear what you have to say here. Well, this is a big subject, of course, but there's a set of things that must be true for science to even be possible. And one of those things is mathematics. Uh, and this is a subject that doesn't really get talked about a lot, which I think is a shame because I think it's a great uh, source for Christian apologetics. Is math a real thing? Does it actually exist? Or is it just something that people make up? Mm. Is the basic question. All right. Well, you're the expert. What's, what's the answer here? Is it, okay. is it subjective? Is it something that you... Because I hear atheists all the time. Oh, we made up mathematics. Yeah, exactly. That, and that, that's their... If you're going to be a consistent atheist, that's really the position you have to take. Historically, it wasn't always like this. If you look at like Enlightenment times and up to that point, people understood that mathematics was something that God had built into the universe, 
And so it was our privilege to discover that. Of course, post-enlightenment, no one wants there to be a god or a creator anymore. And so what then is the source of mathematics? Well, if there's no creator for it, then we must have made it up. Now, biblically, we can affirm that mathematics is something that exists. I mean, so, for example, fill in the blank of this verse. For in blank days, God created the heavens and the earth. What's the missing word there? I would say six. <laughs> six, absolutely. The Bible uses numbers. The Bible uses mathematical concepts. And so we can affirm, as Bible-believing Christians, that math is a real thing, that it works. Uh, an atheist, however, doesn't have that ability. Now, there's a variety of positions on this in the secular community. There's intuitionists and fictionalists and neoplatonists and whatever. But it basically comes down to a basic question. Is math something that is discovered or is it invented? Great now, as Christians, question. we would say it's discovered because God built it into the creation. We can discover what he did. An atheist, though, would again, rejects that option, so he has to say mathematics is something that's invented. Basically, the, the consensus view among this now, and again, there's, there's some dispute about this, but if you're going to be a consistent atheist, this is where you wind up, is that mathematics is just like a fun mental game that mathematicians play. As one secular uh, mathematician said, mathematics is a body of knowledge, but it contains no truths. Mm -hmm. Another one said mathematics is the most original creation of the human spirit. So ultimately, if you're going to be an atheist and be a consistent atheist, you have to really say that mathematics is just a form of human creative expression, like music or poetry. As another author said, uh, the mathematician is entirely free within the limits of his imagination to construct what worlds he pleases. He is not thereby discovering the fundamental principles of the universe, nor becoming acquainted with the ideas of God. Wow. So ultimately, an atheist then has to deny that a mathematical equation can be expressing something that's true about the universe because it's just something that the mathematician is making up. It's just a poem that he's writing. It's not something that's objectively real. Now, you said mathematics is foundational to be able to even do science. Absolutely. You do equations and stuff. Give me an example. Well, uh, there's a lot of examples of this. But, I mean, the entire world really operates according to mathematics. So physics, if you think about it, is the foundation of all the other sciences, right? I mean, astronomy is applying the laws of physics to the heavens. Geology is applying the laws of physics to the earth. Uh, chemistry is applying physics to matter and how it interacts with itself. Well, if physics is the foundation of science, or the laws of physics anyway. Well, math is the language of physics. I mean, there, there was a joke when I was in school that when you get a degree in physics, they throw in a degree in math and a bonus because that's all you've actually been doing for the last number of years. Um, and even some secular thinkers acknowledge that math is a fundamental part of reality. Uh, for example, Max Tegmark, who's a secular cosmologist, wrote a book called Our Mathematical Universe, where he says it's not, it's not merely that math can be used to describe the universe. He says the universe is a manifestation of mathematics. He discusses what a mathematical structure is and shows how our under current understanding of quantum mechanics the fundamental understanding we have of re physical reality looks like mathematical structures. Now, he's a materialist, so he would ultimately have to deny things like consciousness and spirit. So he doesn't go far enough. But insofar as he goes, I think he's correct. Mathematics is really built into the foundation of creation. I mean, think about you and I are talking here. that we had The blood flowing in our veins is obeying the equations of fluid dynamics. The air that we're breathing obeys the laws of statistical mechanics. Uh, the electronic devices we're using to have this interview <laughs> operates according to those laws. 
on and on it goes. Mathematics just permeates the creation all around us. But if think of if math is that fundamental of a thing, if it's that fundamental to how the universe works, how can it be a human invention? Wow. I think it's clear that the mind that created mathematics and physics is not the human mind, but the mind of God. That's fascinating because you have to admit, according to the evolution worldview, before man got here, does that mean none of the math really worked? No. <laughs> Even right. in their own worldview, it falls apart, doesn't it? Absolutely. So and how I, is this, I mean, to me, that's great evidence of a creator God. How does the average layman take this and go, I mean, do, do, do we have to be as smart as you in order to actually, <laughs> you know, go out and talk about this and show how mathematics is great evidence that confirms, yeah, God created this world. I'm not claiming to be especially smart, but I, I think we can just look at some examples of this uh, and see how fundamental this is and how incompatible this is with an atheistic worldview. For example, in the 1800s, there was a brilliant scientist named James Clerk Maxwell, uh, widely acknowledged to be one of the most brilliant scientists of the 19th century, uh, and by the way, a passionate Christian and an uh, anti-Darwinist. Wow. But he discovered that electricity and magnetism are different aspects of the same fundamental interaction in physics. And in 1873, he published a book, a two-volume treatise, called A Treatise on Electri Electricity and Magnetism, widely acknowledged to be one of the most brilliant intellectual achievements in all of science. Um, wow. Still to this day, that's amazing. Oh, absolutely. He, he unified a variety of very seemingly separate phenomena and showed that it was all part of one overarching uh, fundamental principle. And he's one of those people you study in school. I used to call them scary geniuses. Uh, some people you can study their, their work and say, this is really cool stuff. And other people, you, you struggle even to understand what they're talking about. <laughs> and you say, the level of intellect that it took to even come up with this in the first place is just intimidating. But anyway, 1873, Maxwell publishes his book. Ten years later, people are looking at it and struggling to understand it, even, even his colleagues, and said, you know, if Maxwell was correct then an alternating current in a wire should lose energy into the surrounding environment. And then five years later, Heinrich Hertz, in a famous experiment, verified that this radiation was happening. Now, today, we call that radiation radio waves. Now, are radio waves real things? Everybody would say yes. I mean, if you have a cell phone, you, you better say right, yes, right? Yeah. Because that, that's what works. Okay, now, were radio waves real before... Hertz verified their existence. Very true. People Absolutely. would say yes. Now, if atheism were true, though, and Maxwell's equations are just a form of human creative expression, if they're just a form of poetry, then why is the universe obligated to obey some poems wow. that Maxwell wrote? Right? And here's another question. Did radio waves exist before Maxwell predicted them? Of course. Of course they did. But now if you're an atheist, the problem gets even worse. Not only did the universe have to obey Maxwell's poems, it had to know ahead of time that he was going to write his poems so that it could obey them. So I it's mean, just this, compounded one problem on top of another. Right. And th this is the kind of absurdity that you wind up in if, you, if you're going to deny that there's a transcendent creator who built mathematics into the universe. Okay. I've got to talk to you more about this, Spike. Uh, unfortunately, we, we're out of time right now. Can you hang out and let's do an extended interview that we can let people check out on the website. Is that all right? Absolutely. Okay. You've got to check out Spike Viserys' uh, uh, website, creationastronomy.com. There'll be a link on the screen and uh, get his DVDs where he unpackages this with lots of visual aids. You're gonna thoroughly enjoy learning from Spike.
It's time for Science and Scripture with Eric and Ben, here on Creation Today. It's time to blow something up, actually, today. <laughs> Creation Today Science Experiment. We've got our sleeves rolled up. We've got our towels out. And Eric, you've got water and colored sand. Tell us what's going on here. Watch this, man. I want to show you a brand new creation that I've just made. Oh, cool. I'm not going to show the viewers at home. I just want you to watch what happens when I pour this blue sand right into here. You see that? Is that, <laughs> that pretty is cool? So cool. Well, watch this. Watch this. That's awesome. What should happen? So we get this cup right here. Watch what okay. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reach inside. What did you? I'm pull out the sand. Oh wow. That sand is, is completely dry. dry. Wow. I have created hydrophobic sand. It's afraid of the water. Here's how I did that. We actually used a starch. Starches are made from That's rice. Yeah, that's my spray starch right there. Uh, starches are made from like rice or corn, um, and uh, it's used to you know starch clothes and things like that. It's actually used in a lot of different things, but it's actually actually hydrophobic. In other words, it repels water. So you, you ever used Rain-X? Yeah, yeah. You can actually uh, you could probably do the same thing with Rain-X. Matter of fact, I need to try that. Uh, but you can actually uh, Rain-X so you, when you do a window. So you starched all of these. Um, yeah. Colored so I got a bunch of here. starch sands. Let's okay. show the viewers at home exactly what's okay, going on here. Okay, this is going to be cool. Now, this is what's cool is uh, you can actually use a potato, which has starch in it. You, you know that. Uh, and you can actually use a potato, cut it in half, rub it on your windshield, and it will act like a rain repellent on your windshield. So, so we I'm, have potatoed. <laughs> we have, we have kind of potatoed. Can I, we've starched it. Yeah, and so we've actually coated the sand, allowed it to dry it out, and then it makes the sand hydrophobic. It's afraid of the water. Okay, it actually repels the, the water. The yellow one in. All right, go for it. Pick a spot okay. and pour the yellow one in. Look at that. It's all it's, it's like floating dry. on the water. Look at that, and it's oh, all dry. Wow. You pick that now, up. Now, can I pull inside. that out? You can. You want to okay. throw it in one of these? Here you and go. And then if I cup. pull it out, it is it's dry sand. Completely dry. Wow. Isn't that cool? That, uh, some of it's getting a little wet, but I mean, it's dry. That okay, now I've messed up our whole... Uh, <laughs> No, it's all good. Let wow, me try some is, green right over here. That is cool. You see what happens. It just goes down to the bottom there. I just really wanted to do this. That's pretty neat, isn't it? So it, instead of just falling around, it actually wow. stays together right there. Pretty neat, huh? Let me, uh, I'm going to scoop your yellow over. All right, so um, we've created, using the starch, we've created a hydrophobic sand. And you can actually use starch to waterproof a lot of different things. You. Uh, you got a spiritual analogy for us on this one? Absolutely. you make a terrible yeah, mess over there? <laughs> man, so man. Sorry. Making a mess and we're not even blowing anything up. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, Eric, my dad used to tell us we need to be in the world, but not of the world. Oh, Did you ever hear that? Oh, man, yes. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Here is, you know, the various colors of sand, and they have a protection around them. So while they enter the environment of the water, they're in the water, but they're not of the water. Now, sometimes I hear this, and it's a very negative view of the yeah. world when we talk about this. It's like, oh, the world is bad, and we don't want to be. But this is what I find that this analogy is really cool. When the sand goes into the water, it's like the most exciting thing in there. It's just plain old boring water, and that sand is bringing life to the environment of the water. I believe that that's what we should do as Christians, Eric. As Christians, we're called to be, yes, in the world, yes, not of the world, but through the power of God, we're called to make a difference 
in the world. Mm. And God's grace, his love, and his mercy, as we share it with other people, should change the environments that we enter, much like the sand has changed the water. Yeah, it makes the, it makes it a lot more colorful. It makes it look really cool down there, doesn't it? Awesome. I love it. So And I made it. a mess. <laughs> you did. Try it yourself. Grab some colored sand from a hobby shop and try some different coatings. You can try starch. You can try some Rain-X. Uh, and see what it takes to actually uh, create your own hydrophobic And you actually sand. put that in a plastic bag to get it all I did. I up. put it in a flat plastic bag and shook it up, and that way it coated all the sand grains. Should and we now add these last you, few? You pull those out. Give it a try, man. All right. All right. You, guys, you guys try this at home on your own, all right? Oh, that is cool. Beginnings is a creation experience for small groups, churches, and individuals from all walks of life. Creation speaker Eric Hoven explores the age-old questions of life, the evidence for a young earth, and how dinosaurs fit in with the Bible. The included guide provides an introduction to each lesson, creative challenges, great discussion questions, and practical ways to apply each lesson to everyday life. To order this DVD, go to www.creationstore.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. This is fascinating information. It turns out that math is more incredible than I ever thought it could be. It is. God has designed math into the universe. He controls the days, the time, and he is going to keep this planet turning as long as he wants it to turn. Second Peter 3, 8 through 9 says that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning this promise, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, these verses there are not referring back to Genesis chapter 1, although some people try to make it sound like that. They're letting you and I know that uh, time doesn't matter to God. God God has, though, been incredibly patient. This is what it's telling us. God has been incredibly patient, waiting for people to trust in Him. Not only has He been patient with the entire world, He's been patient with you and been patient with me. My question is, how long will you test the patience of God? How long will you live for sin rather than turn to Christ? I'm telling you, math doesn't lie. Your time is running out. I've got an article I want you to read on our website called How to Be Saved. Please go there and look it up and read that article before your time expires. And speaking of time running out, you know, there are many students in school right now that watch our films. Thank you. Yeah. And I bet their class bell's ready to ring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I was thinking during the break, when I was in school, I loved math. I had Mr. Tyson, great math teacher. But I should have taken math a lot more seriously than, uh, than I did. Well, it's never too late, Eric. Maybe you can go back to school and study math. That's not a bad idea. How does a doctorate in math with a master's mm. in physics and a quantum mechanics sound? That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. You should do it too. Ooh, you want to talk about understanding the language of nature? That would be awesome. It would. You know, it may be too late for some people, but if you're still in school, it's not too late for you. Are you somebody who enjoys and appreciates the language of nature? Why don't you use it and study it? I hope this episode gives you a new appreciation for the language that God created the world in, mathematics. Study it while you can for the glory of God. And for those of you who can't speak the language, we still know it exists yeah. and we can use it in our battleship arsenal. It is a scientific apologetic for the brilliant creator. 
Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Creation Today Show. Please share it with your friends on Facebook. All those math nerds out there, let them know what we did and uh, encourage them to check it out. If you have questions, please go to creationtoday.org and use our search engine that indexes the top biblical apologetic sites on the web. Yes, and if you have questions for us, please send them to us at questions at creationtoday.org. Hey, until next time, man those guns and don't jump ship. Christianity is the truth. Yes, it is. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.